What's going on, Five Shot Fam? We have a very special guest to help us preview the match this week. Please welcome Inter Miami fan Peter from Miami Football TV. Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Indeed, always great to have a fellow content creator in the soccer space on the show. But uh, yeah, first off, let's uh, you know find out a little bit about Football Miami TV. Let us know about it. Yeah, Football Miami TV. We uh, started this, uh, you know, close to two years ago. Um, but my my partner, Uncle Ed, uh, he and I, we we did a uh, podcast, you know, for six or seven years back when we were really focusing on the lower levels with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers and Miami FC. And as you know, we were moving up to MLS. We thought, uh, let's kick the uh, the podcast up a level as well, and and get into doing some video content so that everybody can see our beautiful mugs. But uh, you know, we 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 do a weekly uh, podcast type show in English and in Spanish. Uh, and then you know, we we've got a lot of construction videos and trying to get into the stadium as much as we can during this pandemic. But uh, having a lot of fun uh, reaching out and and love see, reaching out to and getting to know other podcasters or video, like you said, content creators like yourself. I think you guys are doing a great job and, and definitely an inspiration. Oh, thank you so much. No, that's uh, very kind of words from you. You don't need to say that at all. But uh, yeah, checks in the mail for that. Right. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, you know, us playing you so far with Inter Miami, as that's your your I guess you know main focus probably now mm-hmm. in terms of yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we we cover all 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 the soccer mm-hmm. in South Florida but obviously you yeah. gotta have your main focus on your MLS team for sure for sure and uh, you guys have kind of gotten the better of the uh, the matchup so far unfortunately for LA United fans uh, it's been a pair of two one wins and then a draw uh, but I want to ask you do you look forward to LA United maybe being a potential like future rival? Uh, in terms of like the derby, you know, like what do you have, uh, you know, feelings wise in terms of that? And then, you know, I just, for me personally, selfishly, I would love to make, uh, you know, just away days to Miami a sure. just frequent thing because I love Miami. To be, to be yeah, honest. South Florida. South Florida is <laughs> great. I mean, coming down here for now, you'll be visiting Fort Lauderdale until Indeed. they finally get around to building the stadium on Miami. You know, politics and all that's very, very difficult building stadiums but we've got a great temporary stadium It'll probably be a good three four years temporary a little bit longer than they probably anticipated but yeah you know when we first talked about you know who would be inner miami's rival before the season started i think inner miami came into the league a little cocky thinking we were going to be uh what atlanta was in the first couple of years or what uh, la fc was and then you know reality hit and we were not nearly as good as we had we had hoped and we we came into the league saying we're going to teach the league about football right you guys are playing soccer we're going to teach you about football well you know reality sets in to get a little smacked in the face a little bit by some teams and the funny thing is we thought we would skip orlando and atlanta two quality big name big money teams uh you know teams that aren't afraid to spend uh you know we would be natural rivals not expecting orlando to be any good because well the history says you know they stink and so, but this year they've turned things around and, uh, you know, I think the hated rivalry will really probably be with Orlando. It's already started. You know, we, we had an away game in Orlando and problems started. And generally when you have issues in the stands, it tends to fuel the rivalry even more. 
So, but I think Atlanta is going to be a, definitely a fun rivalry as well. I think the, the more hatred will be with Orlando, but Atlanta's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Atlanta's been good. So except for this year, which is, I'm curious in how you guys feel uh, having, a, you know, being brought down to earth a little bit. You guys came into the league solid and winning uh, came kind of easy. It really did, yeah. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I think you guys were, you know, comparing and you know saying, oh, we might be, you know, competing with the likes of uh, LA United, uh, and technically you are. You are. You were just battling well, for that that tenth spot in the East. Yeah, the bottom feeders. <laughs> which is totally unexpected. Very, uh, I think, very 2020 on brand. Uh, Orlando, like higher up in the standings. What's what's happening? Really, I think is uh, really. I think. The thought in Atlanta United's uh, fans' minds, really. So, but um, I think let's uh, let's move to like what's the the state of uh, what Inter Miami is in your eyes? What's uh, what's the state of the club? Well, we're still a club that's uh, getting built, right? So they 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 Paul McDonough, who you guys are familiar with, who built helped build uh, Atlanta, came in here saying he is going to pick the players not the coach and that was pretty evident because it took forever to pick a coach and then they said well this is a guy that we had targeted for a long time none of us buy it uh you know you, you brought him in late because that's what was available at the time i mean they had these lofty goals of getting these big name uh, world-renowned coaches nothing wrong with diego alonso he's he's had a solid track record in in mexico and and in Concacaf champions league but he is not clearly the the coach that i think they were really hoping to get so what ends up happening is he's got a bunch of players that he didn't pick and had no input in, in bringing in. And so I think now he's he's obviously getting to have some input and players that we thought would uh, would maybe, you know, really play a big part like Lee Wynn uh, is no longer with the club. Like we, we were all expecting to see a good amount of Lee Wynn maybe coming off the bench or what have you. Uh, but, you know, he didn't uh, he didn't figure into the lineup, something about about him that uh, that uh, Diego Alonso didn't like. Now we've got Iguain, uh, the older version, mm -hmm. coming in as well. And I, I think we're likely to see that uh, coming in off the bench, adding that number 10 role, uh, whereas freeing up Pizarro maybe to, 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 to get a little wild and crazy at times. Uh, you know, I think, so it's, it's a club that's still being built, but I think Iguain Sr. <laughs> and Jr., I guess, you know, the brothers, uh, uh, you know, uh, being on the same squad's got to make them happy. Happy players make make uh, for you know a better team. I think so. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. no, yeah, it's. A, you, uh -huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was I was gonna say it's just interesting how the team right now is playing with uh, Pizarro, our DP. Uh, you know, he's off with Mexico na Mexican national duty. We've won two games in a row. The question now comes in is, is he really needed? I don't, I wouldn't get so carried away. He's definitely a great player, but is he the number 10? You know, I think he needs, we need maybe uh, uh, Blaise Matuidi to kind of get a little more into the attack and hold on to the ball. Whereas then let, let, um, you know, Pizarro kind of run free and, and, you know, sometimes Pizarro holds onto the ball a little bit too much. And I think that's part of the problem. And so we're seeing a lot more fluid passing now that he's gone. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits back into the lineup. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, speaking on Diego Alonso, who, of course, com uh, came from Monterey and uh, was fired uh, after, you know, winning the Champions League, which is 
uh, crazy. I mean, but obviously a That's little time had spanned after that. But uh, yeah, is his football the type of football that you guys want to see? Because obviously it's a little bit more pragmatic. And yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously he's not prioritizing maybe a high-flying attack. No, and that's what we were told we were going to get. If you ask uh, Paul McDonough, we're going to be high pressing, we're going to be attacking, we're going to be you know beautiful. It's going to be attractive soccer, and that's not what we're seeing. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you win, nobody cares. But you know the South Florida soccer fan is is a well-educated soccer fan, and they're all a lot of them are uh, uh, have a Latin roots that are you know they're used to watching their clubs from their home country, and so they. They have a certain style and an aggressive uh, um, attack that they want to see, and, and especially, like I said, the way the way that the team was promoted and sold to us was this high-flying attacking team. And yeah, we're not seeing that with Diego Alonso. And Diego Alonso's come under a lot of fire, you know, down here. Uh, you know, I, I even by us on Football Miami TV, you know, start questioning some of his decisions. You know, he sticks with some players that you know, like Ben Sweat. He's stuck with him quite a bit. And Ben Sweat is one of those players that drives a lot of fans down here nuts. I mean, he, he can have a couple of good games, but he's got a lot of bad games. And now, more recently, we've seen him, you know, on the bench again. Uh, so, you know, Diego Alonso is constantly tinkering with the lineup and maybe a little bit too much. But mm. it happens so, in the first year, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, which, he, yeah, he's trying to maybe prioritize results and also maybe a style of play. But, uh, yeah, well, speaking of, you know, not only... Uh, you know McDonough, but also maybe the the ownership group, which includes, of course, David Beckham. How would you describe the perception of David Beckham from a fan's perspective? Uh, he's not really all that involved, I don't think. Yeah. Let's be honest. So, I think people thought fans thought he was buying a house down here or a condo or what have you. And rumors are he has that we'd start to see him down here more often. Now, of course. COVID-19 happens and that that throws a wrinkle into a lot of things, but he's got so much going on that I, I think anybody that thought he was going to be super hands-on was a little bit delusional. I mean, he's got so many businesses going and, and you know, with his Hague Club and, and, and so many uh, appearances that he has to make around the world that he was never going to be all that involved. And I don't think he is. I'm sure, I think he probably, ha you, know, uh, you know, gives his opinion but he's not the one he's not here and so i think everybody expected him to be here more often to be uh, you know more of a somebody you'd see in south florida and 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 really help especially with the marketing of the team as well and we're not really seeing that and like i said some of that could be because of the pandemic but i think that's you can't completely blame it on the pandemic the guy's a busy man so i don't think he's all that involved I mean, he he gives he puts us on the world stage and that helps we've got so many fans from all around the world because of him and so that helps for sure and and he he can obviously he's got connections but how, where have those connections really landed with us so far i mean he he's he obviously knew blaze matuidi and and that might have helped a little bit getting him under in a tam type situation but yeah everybody here thought we were going to get uh you know these huge names and 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 we're just not we're not getting them and um i guess you could blame some of that on on him on on beckham because you know he's it where's that rolodex we kept hearing that he's going to open that rolodex and we're going to get every big name player you know everybody thought oh we're going to get messi we're going to get ronaldo and of course you know reality sets in and you end up with some players from mexico or an over over the hill um argentinian player you know that 
that's reality. That's where MLS <laughs> is sometimes. Yeah, and uh, that, yeah, that gets me to my next question perfectly. Uh, I mean, yeah, it seems like Inter Miami are doing a little bit of a 3.0 slash 2.0 type of thing. Right. Uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, Gonzalo Higuain and, you know, uh, his brother, Federico, Blaise Matuidi, we all mentioned these names, but are these the type of moves that you guys prefer or do you prefer making stars and selling them to Europe? What's, uh, you know, what's the feeling from the fans? I think, I think I've always felt you need a healthy balance. I think you need one established star for marketing because South Florida is a tough sports market and, and I've heard Atlanta is as well, but you guys have really embraced your team. Um, unfortunately, we haven't really been able to embrace the team like filling the stadium, but um, it's a tough sports market down here. So I think it helps to have one recognizable face that you could put on a billboard. Iguain, I don't think is necessarily that face. You have to be a soccer fan to know who he is. He's not a casual fan that's going to have no clue who he is. But then the rest of the team, I think, definitely should be those up-and-coming players, the, the the kind of players that we have, Pellegrini and Carranza. Those are the kind of players we're hoping for. Now, they're not panning out, I guess, as well as we had hoped. You know, they're, they're not those exciting Atlanta players that uh, you're going to go and sell off after a couple of years so far. They still have a long way to go. Pellegrini's a player that... Uh, he's super young, but he run, he's very active on the field, runs around a lot, but doesn't always have a large impact in the game. Mm. So he, he puts out a lot of effort without a lot to show for it. So, you know, the, the person that I think fits the mold is Lewis Morgan, our Scottish player. He's a guy, if he continues doing what he's doing, he won't be with uh, Inter Miami for long. You know, he's, he's really uh, been an exciting player to see. We need more of that. Love to hear that. Uh... Well, uh, moving on to, you know, maybe the names like LGP, Mikey Ambrose, Breg Shea. I think you know where I'm going with this. Names that bring up some memories for LA United fans. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I think let's get with, you know, the big one, I guess. Uh, you know, how do you think LGP has fared with Miami and what's your perception of him maybe before and then after? Uh, yeah, I think it's about the same before and after. I mean, he's a good, solid defender. He he's, and he 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 does a, a really good job uh, most of the time, but then sometimes he, he you know he he make, does a foul or, or 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 doesn't mark a man well enough, and you start scratching your head like you know what the heck. Uh, but for the most part, solid, uh, great anchor for the defense. I think I think he's been great. Um, you mentioned Breck Shea. I think he's been a surprise because I you know when people. When they announced, uh, you know, we signed Breck Shea. Now he was playing with the Fort Lauderdale CF, you know, rehabbing a little bit, and obviously he impressed. Nobody was excited. People were were complaining left and right. I kept saying, he's depth. Don't worry about it. I mean, he, he's at this point of his career. He's not going to be the star. He's not going to be a starter. Well, he has been a starter because he's been better than we expected. Still, sometimes, um, you know, he fades in and out of the game. I think he's great option off off the bench uh, and and he he made uh, you know a great little kind of back heel pass to Blaze Matuidi who put a cross in and you know could have been a goal with Iguain he's 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 definitely got some flair and he's been much better than we expected uh, you know so you know yeah. good job there in terms of yeah Shea I think if you utilize him correctly in the positions that he's most comfortable in instead of maybe at left back or left wing no. back I think you'll probably you're, you're seeing the returns of uh, you know playing him in uh, correctly really but right. 
Um, yeah, you spoke a little bit about uh, the stadium and whatnot. Let's get to it in terms of yeah, Fort Lauderdale Stadium or Inter Miami CF Stadium, uh, whatever you guys want to call it. Uh, I still call it Lockhart. Lockhart, yeah, exactly. It's just got so many pseudonyms at this point, probably. But uh, obviously, it's the temporary home until you guys get your uh, permanent one. But right. what's uh, you know, obviously, you did a tour of it. But what's yeah. the perception of it with the fans so far? I think the fans are excited. They love it. It's a beautiful little uh, erector set stadium. I mean, it's it's definitely, it's not the one you hang your hat on, but it's it's a nice stadium. It's you know, it's it, again, it's an erector set, and I and I know there's several MLS stadiums that are just that's their primary stadium, and it's basically the same kind of stadium. Uh, luckily, we have the dream of having a an even better stadium in Miami near the airport. But with Miami politics, that is always a challenge. They're negotiating the lease right now. It's an old golf course uh, that uh, is really underutilized. So it's a great spot. Uh, but for now, the stadium's very intimate. You're on, I was, I walked around and, you know, I don't have, I'm, I'm sitting on the sidelines, but I'm sitting kind of high. So I don't have the best seats in the house necessarily, but I felt really like I'm in the action. It's, you're, you're sitting on top of the, the field. So the sidelines are great. Uh, you know, the, the, you're close to the to the to the to the field. Not a bad seat in the house. It's it's a nice little stadium. The locker rooms are a little small because they were intended. They were built for the USL squad. So you know, right now they're having to get a little creative and using some of the the locker rooms that uh, well, not locker rooms. They're trying. They're using actually this midfield club area as a locker room so that they can physically distance as much as possible. And Atlanta is using the same uh, setup as well. This will be this luxury midfield club, but for now it's a temporary locker room. So it's great location. I think personally, I am a Broward County person, which is about 45 minutes north of Miami. I think it's a great location in between Dade and Broward. I'm sorry, Dade and West Palm Beach, Miami and West Palm Beach. It's a perfect location, but the team wants to be where it's sexy and that's Miami. So they want to be where the, you know, the sexy name is. And, and, and you don't want to make the same mistake that Fort Lauderdale, uh, the Miami fusion did. See, I, I even ma almost made the same mistake. They were named Miami, but they played in Fort Lauderdale long term, and that doesn't do well for the branding. So eventually I think they will definitely get the stadium built in Miami. It's just going to take a little bit longer. Originally they anticipated it to be about two years. I think it's probably closer to four years. So if you have to play in Fort Lauderdale in this nice little stadium for four years, I think it's a great location. It's and it's great uh, training facility. Behind the stadium is this amazing training facility that's state of the art. So Monday through Friday, regardless, the, the players will come to work in Fort Lauderdale and eventually they will play their weekend games in Miami. Yeah, and well, you know, in terms of that, for the fans, I, have you felt like uh, non, I guess, non-Miami fans have embraced the, the team essentially. I mean, it, because obviously you were saying, you know, it's sexier to be in Miami. Right. Like, what's your feeling around, uh, you know, the, the fan base? Is it kind of greater, uh, greater Miami, I guess, in a sense? It's, I, you know, when, when you look at the supporters groups, I think that's a good way to test it. There's quite, there's quite a bit of supporters that are coming from Broward. So you've got a lot of people that are living about 45 minutes north, 30 to 45 minutes north of Miami that are embracing the team. I think where, you know, they turned off some of the old NASL Fort Lauderdale Strikers fans. I was one of those, but some of them are a little more, uh, 
you know, they wanted a Fort Lauderdale team and they did not want Lockhart to be destroyed. There, there's history there. You know, Ray Hudson and, you know, played there back in the 70s and, and um, you know, so many great players it went through there. So th there was pride in that stadium and pride in their city. So they definitely did not want a Miami team playing in Fort Lauderdale. So there's some, it has turned off some people, but I think it's a pretty good, healthy balance. There's definitely more fans in Miami than there are from Broward. But um, I mean, we've got one supporters club that is, I think, 100% Miami. Uh, the one that I'm involved with, Southern Legion, is definitely a nice mix. Uh, yeah, I think where they might be missing a little bit is, and it's a struggle, are those fans that are in West Palm Beach. Because if you really think about South Florida, you're talking about a, the Tri-County area, and you want to bring people in from West Palm Beach as well. And I think they're struggling there, and, and they're not helping themselves with their TV contract, because their TV contract right now is local. all games locally are played on a uh, Miami-Fort Lauderdale local station that does not get shown in West Palm. And I keep hearing people in West Palm frustrated that they can't watch the game locally but yet they're blacked out on espn mm -hmm. plus you know so that's a real frustration for some of these fans that really want to embrace the team but are a little bit further north maybe some players uh, some fans are in naples and they're and they're clearly not going to come to every game but they want to they want to be part of the team they want to watch the games and they're really struggling they're having to watch it on the inter miami app which you know You'd rather watch it on your big screen TV than on your phone. Indeed. No, that that sounds like a lot of the issues that Atlanta United fans are having as oh, well. So it's, uh, yeah, you guys probably aren't alone. I think it's the MLS deals that they just right. can't work out a better one, really. So, uh, but let's get to the game. In terms of like uh, who are the danger men for Inter Miami, I think obviously Gonzalo Higuain. We spoke a little bit about Luis Morgan or Lewis Morgan rather, Lewis, yeah. but uh, yeah. In terms of uh, you know who sh we should keep an eye on, who should they be? Well, I think you mentioned, the, of course, the first the uh, the first two are Higuain, and that and the good thing about you know good and bad Higuain so far has not scored. We expect him to to, to light it up and score a lot of goals. But when you watch the games, he's got three to four players covering him at all times. And I'm sure that will be no different. I'm sure you guys will have your back line smothering him to where that then does open things up for Lewis Morgan. And he's been taking advantage of that. And one of the great things I like about Iguain, he's out there coaching. Right after Lewis Morgan scored a goal against um, New York, he's over there coaching him, telling him, look, if you go around this way, you're going to get even more, more balls. So... You know those two players for sure. Um, you know, but we need to we need to exp you look at Pellegrini. He needs to get more involved. He he uh, has been in the starting lineup lately. Although I would prefer them to put Carranza in there because we've been playing with three forwards, and so I'd like to see Carranza and see how he teams up with Iguain. And Carranza is a, a good little player. Actually, in preseason, Carranza is not a DP, uh, whereas with Pellegrini is. A lot of people that were watching Carranza in practice and things and in some preseason games thought he was the DP. He still hasn't really lit it up yet. He's gotten a, a goal or two, but you know he's he's been injured at times. But he's I think a, a good player to keep an eye on. Um, you know, and Blaze Matuidi. He's not going to really score, but uh, hopefully he can he can uh, link some passes and 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 you know make something happen and that's about it that's the problem is we still we still are not really you know even though we've won two games in a row we're not scoring a lot of goals mm -hmm. 
And when we are scoring, we're 100% lately leaning on Lewis Morgan. You know, since Pizarro is out and he and he uh, you know scores as well, it's really a lot of it is is on Morgan. So I imagine you guys are going to double team and triple team Lewis Morgan as well. But you can't you can't you know put everybody on Morgan when you got Iguain. So you know it's going to be good. right. Yeah, I, I imagine. Well, I, yeah, he usually plays on the right side, right, in terms of Lewis mm -hmm. Morgan, right. Yeah. So yeah, I imagine George Bello and whomever our mystery left center back is, because we've been uh, rotating that, uh, will probably be marking him a good bit. But uh, yeah, so let's get to the lineup then. And uh, we talked about no Pizarro because he's on international duty. Right. How do you think Miami lines up? Well, we also, I mean, we, we you know, we've going to obviously put John McCarthy in the goal because, you know, Louis, Louis Robles has got a broken arm. He just recently had surgery. He got a metal plate put in there. So, which, you know, a lot of fans are probably, you say you're happy that he's hurt, but a lot of fans were not happy with him. A little old. Mm. So McCarthy's uh, sh showing well in, in, in defense. And what's interesting now, and we're, I'm, a lot of us are kind of happy about this, is we're seeing A.J. De La Garza in the lineup. Up until a few games ago, he hadn't sniffed the field. He a lot of times wasn't even on the roster. He, he wasn't even on the bench, and he wasn't injured. And this is a player that's got great MLS experience, and, and you know, he's he's won, I think he's won championships when he was with LA. So mm -hmm. you know, he's a he's a good player, and I expect to see him in there next to uh, Figal. Figal's been really good on defense. You know, we they've tinkered with him sometimes, putting him in the middle, sometimes putting him on the wing. Um, since we still have Reyes is uh, also somebody who comes in and plays in the middle as well, but he's still injured, got an eye injury. So I would expect to see Fagal still in there and doing really well alongside Perez. And, and uh, you know, we've been, sometimes we play with three in the back. Sometimes we play with four. And they've been, they've been using Dylan Nealis, who is our uh, second draft pick. They've been using him as, you know, a midfielder, but a lot of times he'll drop back and play defense as well. He's, a, he's you know, one or the other. Uh, a lot of times he's been lining up as defense, but the last couple of games more in the mid. Um, and and the, the toss-up has been, do we put Uoa in the middle or Will Trap? they kind of been competing for the same position. When they're both on the field, they don't necessarily, it doesn't really work. And, and the coach has been going with Will Trap lately. Uh, you know, seems to be doing a little bit better, maybe matching up with Blaze Matuidi than Uoa. But Uoa gets more into the attack, you know, so. But I, I think we'll see Will Trap, not 100% sure. Of course, you'll see Matuidi. And then do you see Breck Shea uh, on the field or not? I, I'm He's not played sure. every single time against us. So okay. I pretty well, there much... You go bank that he will see him and okay well you're paying again. attention to him a little more than i have i mean he's as far as <laughs> when he's playing against atlanta i mean i right. i like him as a player i was really surprised though yeah. i was one of those guys that said you know he's gonna be off the bench but he's really been and it, it was i made a tweet one at one point because he was playing in the same position as pellegrini at one point it was pellegrini or shea and i made a comment that uh you know he's better than pellegrini for a fraction of the of the cost because i'm sure i don't know how much we're paying uh, Breck Shea, but it's it's pennies compared to what we're paying for a, our young DP in Pellegrini. So it's a heck of a deal having Breck Shea in there. I'm sure, I'm sure. And then, of course, uh, up top, I'm sure, uh, Iguain, right? Yeah, you're going to have the Iguain. The question is, do they put Pellegrini up there like they have uh, in, the, in the last game against Houston, or do they put um, Carranza or Robbie Robinson? Robbie Robinson is our number one draft pick. He's a bit of a workhorse. But he's a little raw, you know, but he really gets in there and works hard. Um, so I 
I personally, I would, I would sit Pellegrini and probably put in Robinson or Carranza and maybe lean towards Robinson. I think the coach maybe likes him a little bit more. And then Carranza and or Pellegrini come in in the second half at some point. Yeah. Now, do you think uh, Gonzalo Higuain has the match fitness to be able to start, you know, three games a week, which I think most of MLS teams have been dealing with? Uh, so, you know, do you see him starting and playing a full match, or you probably see him coming off maybe 60th, 70th minute? I guess it depends on how we're doing, right? Sure. <laughs> but he definitely will. He'll definitely start. Um, it's funny is how he's been unfairly judged. I when we when we got Iguain. I don't know how many tweets and things I messages I saw about, you know, him being fat, right? He's just out of shape. And I know he has had some, some, you know, weight, weight issues, issues maybe in the past, but he doesn't right now. I mean, he looks great. So, I mean, he looks fit. Uh, it, it, of course, being in Miami, there is a ton of temptation. So hopefully he's a good professional and he stays away from all that great Latin food that, you know, he can easily get in, in South Florida. And so that all the temptations you may have are here. And, uh, you know, if he decides to, 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 I don't, I don't know how he is as far as going out at night, you know, but you know, you've got South beach right down the, down the road. So there's every temptation available to him. So hopefully he stays good, but it, he's been unfairly judged, I think as, as far as his weight goes. So, and his fitness, I think his fitness has been great. He's, he, but uh, yeah, if, if you're going to, if you're going to bring in someone like Carranza, um, I think he comes in for Iguain maybe in the 70th minute or maybe a little bit later, something like yep. that. Yeah, I mean, Iguain has always, I think, looked like the way he does. And so he's probably gotten that kind of flack his entire career, or at least when he's kind of looked uh, the certain way. I mean, right. it's, I think, also, you know, maybe the haircut, the, you know, just the whole package. He gets yeah, he a looks lot of, older than he is, for sure. It's true. But, uh, but anyway, so uh, with all that being said, let's uh, get your score prediction for the match. Uh, I'm not, you know, it, it's funny is on our show on, on Football Miami TV, we quite often always end up with a 2-1, but we just don't tend to score that many goals. I and mean, it's rare unless unless Lewis Morgan, uh, unless Lewis Morgan scores two goals, we're not getting two goals. So I'm, I'm going to go. It's one nothing enter Miami. And if if Atlanta's having a good game, it might be one one. I don't think uh, Atlanta's winning. You guys have your own struggles. I mean, heck, you still are have a, 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 a temporary coach. Right. So you've got your own struggles that you guys are dealing with. We do. Certainly. Yeah. We still have interim head coach Stephen Glass. And uh, yeah, we don't have a DP on the pitch. So, yeah, it, there's a lot of things kind of, I think, you know, hurdles wise that we have sure. to overcome. Uh, and then we have a, a little bit of a mental block, maybe at least last match playing uh, the likes of uh, New York Red Bulls. And so. Uh, we were on a little bit of a better run. We weren't really allowing too many goals. So I think my score prediction is kind of going along with what you're saying. It's 1-1. I think it's, okay. yeah, I, I'm not too sure that we have the uh, the goods right now to to beat, uh, you know, a team that has kind of had our number as well. I mean, it's it's been difficult to get past you guys and, uh, and break you guys down. So I think 1-1 yeah, and- is fair. Inter Miami's flying high right now. I mean, they just, right. they were posting pictures all, you know, all over as, as far as them as a group, you know, a group celebration. They The pictures look like they won the championship, right? But it's just showing that they're finally maybe coming together as a team. So, you know, they're feeling good. And that, that bit plays a big part in, 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 in any sport. 
So they're riding high. Now, of course, they could be brought back down to reality easily, but right now things are going in their favor, I think. They're 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 trending the right direction. Right. We could be that trap game for you guys. It could be. Yeah, you guys get comfortable and here we come. But uh Absolutely. Hopefully that's the case for uh, you know, selfishly biasly on my end, but uh, you know, we'll go with the one one for me. But Okay. Anyway, that pretty much does it for the match preview. But before we go, Peter, please let the good people know where to find you and Football Miami TV. Yeah, it's Football Miami TV, spelled football. Like, you know, the inner Miami is trying to teach you guys uh, the world of football. So it's, <laughs> and it's, it's kind of bit us in the ass a little bit. But, but anyways, Football Miami TV on all social medias. Uh, you know, we're primarily on on YouTube, but uh, we've started uh, uh, broadcasting the shows on on Facebook as well. So, Football Miami TV on Twitter, uh, YouTube, you know, you name it, we're there. Yeah, we'll have it in the, the description box below as well. But for Peter, I'm AJ. Thank you everyone for watching. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next video.